The AAPA conference is coming up May 18th through 22nd in Houston. I'm so sad that I will not be there, but some of my favorite people will be. So I want to make sure that y'all know who to look out for. So if you're heading down to the conference, make sure you go by the Blueprint and Rosh Review table. They're giving away all kinds of stuff stethoscopes, seats in the review course. They're talking about how Rosh Review has joined Blueprint and what that looks like. But definitely go stop by, say hi, get some swag, tell them I said hello, uh, and it'll be a really good time. I'm sure y'all will have an awesome time in Houston. Make sure you go to Torchy's Tacos, my absolute favorite, and spend some time in the exhibit hall exploring we know that I love Rosh Review um, by Blueprint, and they have so many great resources. So whether you're looking for QBanks, pants review courses, now is the time, and usually there's some special stuff, so go check it out. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. In today's episode, you're going to hear from a reapplicant on how he improved his application between cycles and feels like the changes he made in experience and his essays are what got him many interviews, and many, many acceptances to PA school. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. Savannah here, your host and founder of The PA Platform. Thank you so much for listening. Today's episode is a good one because this is someone who just reached out and said, I want to share my story and tell people about what I did. And he's awesome. So you're going to hear from Nelson. He's from North Carolina. Um, He has an interesting background. He did some traveling, worked some different jobs before he ended up as an EMT, and then decided to move forward into PA school. Um, But his first application cycle was not as successful as he would have liked, and he made some significant changes to help him the next cycle, and he got a ton of interviews and acceptances, which was awesome. So uh, as you listen to this, he is just starting PA school in January of 2022, Uh, but I hope you enjoy these insights. Now, I did want to mention one thing we have that you may not have seen if you're not on social media, but uh, we are doing bi-monthly webinars, and we have one coming up next week. It will be on Thursday, March 10th, if you're listening to this in real time in 2022 at 8 p.m. And we're going to be talking about experience. We're going to do an experience overload where we go through the different types of experiences you should be looking for, including patient care experience, health care, volunteer shadowing, teaching, leadership, etc., and how to find those things, and we'll go through some different ways that I'll show you to look for experience. We'll talk about certifications, when you need to do that, how to figure out if you need to do that. So if you're kind of stuck in that spot where you feel like you need hours and that's what's lacking on your application, this would be really great uh, for you to join us on Thursday. Uh, So that'll be fun. And if you've missed our other webinars from the year, which we did live personal statement editing, live experience details, and supplemental editing, uh, we've talked about CASPA, we did a CASPA walkthrough, you can get all of those webinar access um, links and videos through our all access pass for all of the webinars for 2022. 
So we will put a link to all of that in the description if that is something that you feel like you need help with and you're someone who likes to watch videos and interact in that way. And yeah, so um, hopefully you enjoy this episode and we'll get into our chat with Nelson. So my name is Nelson and I actually grew up in North Carolina, uh, attended North Carolina State University and a little less traditional major. I studied economics and Spanish. Um, graduated in 2013 and traveled a lot kind of after graduation. Um, I worked in Alaska for a few summers, um, working within the outdoor industry and doing some guiding. Um, and then my now wife and I traveled to Thailand and taught English there for a bit. And then after that, I kind of moved back to North Carolina and moved out to Colorado to kind of pursue whitewater kayaking and work in retail sales within the kind of outdoor industry. And um, that was in 2015. And then I've kind of just been living in a small town in Colorado since then and discovered uh, kind of healthcare through becoming an EMT and working on our county ambulance service for the last four and a half or five years. Um, I love being outside, love whitewater kayaking, trail running, mountain biking. Um, so that's super important to me too. Interesting. Okay. So I would definitely say that's a non-traditional route. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because, uh, I mean, the majority of people, they don't know they want to be PAs going into, you know, college, but they maybe have, a, you know, thoughts in healthcare. Mm -hmm. What were your original plans with an economics? Well, I was kind of planning on potentially going back to grad school and getting a, you know, advanced degree in economics or working within finance. Um, but you know, after undergrad, I just kind of wanted a little time off and, you know, a year turned into two to three. And then next thing you know, I'm working in retail sales for kind of a small niche whitewater kayaking paddle sports company and kind of figuring out what to do next. And I realized, you know, I, I liked math and I liked, I liked economics, but I didn't necessarily want to make like finance a career. So it's kind of thinking of what to do next. And that's kind of how EMS came, came about. There was an EMT course at our local community college. So that's kind of how, how I got into it, I guess. Interesting. Okay. So when, how long were you in EMS before you kind of started thinking like, maybe I want to do something else too in healthcare? Yeah. You know, like being an EMT, you, you're kind of always like, okay, this is a stepping stone to you know, something different, but it, I was, I kind of got into it and I was, I was just loving it. It was fun. I was learning a lot. I worked with paramedic partners and after about a year of being an EMT, I was kind of thinking about next steps. You know, the logical progression for a lot of people is to become a paramedic. Um, and I was really thinking about that, but as someone like in their late twenties, my, I had some EMS mentors and paramedic partners that kind of steered me away from it. You know, they were a little bit burned out and EMS is a tough industry in general and, uh, you know, not sleeping a lot. I, I worked a 48, 96 schedule. So, um, having four days off a week was great, but after a few years of getting up at night, it kind of wears on you. And so having a bachelor's degree, I was like, had, had worked with some PAs in the ER, just dropping patients off and stuff and had kind of met a PA mentor that was a friend and like a mutual acquaintance. And, um, I started doing some research and that's kind of where, it, it kind of piqued my interest and I, I decided to do more research and then I kind of went head on into it and had to take a ton of prerequisites too. Oh yeah. You probably didn't have many sciences 
No. So I had, uh, <laughs> I had basically zero science. Like I'd taken chemistry, uh, 101 in college and that was it. And so, yeah. um, I had this way, completely it, like wreck your science GPA probably. Yeah. So some like, and like that was, that's another thing, you know, as a, as kind of a lower GPA applicant, I initially almost didn't even try for PA because I was a little concerned that it was just not even going to be worth it, you know? And so I did have a really good science GPA because taking all the, the prereqs now, but um, I had to really work hard to bump up my, my, uh, you know, cumulative one. Interesting. Okay. Um, can you explain just cause I don't think we've had an EMT on in a while, the difference in an EMT and a paramedic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So involved, if you know about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so EMTs kind of that technician role were there to be like a supporting, you know, cast and, you know, I, we don't really diagnose things as an EMT in the field. Paramedics have a good bit more experience, a ton of clinical experience. And they're like, you know, they can do pretty advanced interventions in the field, depending on the state you work in and, and the county and your, your regulations. But um, a paramedic, you know, can intubate people. They can do, um, you know, start like EJs. They can do really uh, give complex like cardiac meds. Um, they can do, uh, you know, uh, RSIs. Like their, their scope of practice is pretty big. And it's like you can deal with anything or nothing on any shift. And as an EMT, you know, I, I had like an IV certification. So I would start IVs, hook people up to the monitor, um, help, uh, you know, assess my patient while my partner's getting um, information, just kind of draw up meds for them if they wanted it. So um, I was kind of a supporting cast member for those more critical calls. Okay, cool. Um, okay, so, you know, obviously you had lots of great, high quality patient care experience whenever it was time to apply, um, mm-hmm. worked on your prereqs, your courses, what was your PA school application process like? Yeah, it, it you know, just getting to be, getting to apply, it, it took about two years of classes. Um, you know, postgraduate, I took about, including an EMT course, I took about 60 credit hours of, uh, of prereqs. So I almost, you know, kind of got and associates in biology pretty much um, from our local community college commuting about 30 minutes. So just figuring out what classes I needed to take and, uh, and how to even get the process started was, was kind of tough. Um, but then once I got around to applying, you know, I'd taken the GRE, I'd gotten sweaters of recommendation. Um, I applied in 2020 was my first cycle. I had two application cycles and I think I applied to about 14 schools and it was radio silence from like July until September. And I got my first interview invite and then I got two more into, into January. So, you know, you could get interview invites right now. Pretty yeah. if people are, haven't heard anything, you know? Um, and I kind of assumed once you get three interview invites that you're going to get in. And uh, I had been pre- preparing a little bit just on the chance I get an interview invite and I got three wait lists and even on one of the wait lists, I even moved up from like 20 something to number four. And I thought I was going to get in and it didn't happen. Yeah. So that was really kind of crushing that, that first cycle having to, you know, I knew this is what I wanted to do and it was good to at least have three interview invites. So I knew if I really double down and reapply myself that I can, I can do it even better the next cycle. So what'd you do in between cycles to 
um, improve or change your application? And then did you change the schools you applied to also? Yeah, I kind of did a lot. Like I reflected a lot. Um, I knew I was going to need a more like just a better approach to the application cycle. Like even once I, once I get there. Um, so I did more research on schools. I took a couple more prerequisites. Like, uh, I hadn't done biochemistry yet. So I took biochemistry and I actually just took like a general, uh, English cause I wanted to apply to a couple schools that I just needed that, uh, requirement. But I think the biggest thing was, uh, just reflecting on like, I thought I wrote a good personal statement, but I realized it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as good as I thought it was, you know, and I totally tore it down, redid it. Um, I would think I was trying to write too much of like an autobiography and get every little thing in there. But I realized like things 10 years ago, I didn't even know what a PA was. So how did that, you know, really drive my journey to PA? So I, I wrote more about my patient care experience about, you know, why I think this is the perfect job for me and per career for me and why I'd, I'd be a good student, that sort of stuff. And um, I think I really hit home with my personal statement this year. Um, so that was a really big one. And uh, I, I retook the GRE for some schools. Uh, you know, I had like a decent score, but I thought I could bump it up and just make it look a little bit better. Um, and, and that was, I think that was helpful. And um, other than that, I think I got a slightly different, I got one more uh, letter of recommendation from a paramedic, another paramedic I'd worked with. So I think I had pretty strong letters of recommendation. Um, but just, I think, re-evaluating yourself and, and really changing that personal statement a good bit. It's so much work, but I think it goes a long way than just like kind of tweaking it. Like you want to show that, you know, you, you really tried and put yourself out there. Yeah, I think that's really great that you were, had the self-awareness to really like look at things and be critical of them. I think that can be hard for some people because you feel like you've put in so much work. You're like, no, mm -hmm. this has to be good. I worked so hard on it. But, you know, I kind of describe it sometimes as like baking a cake. Like it can take me three hours to bake a cake and it can be mediocre. Mm -hmm. And if that happens the next time, I'm not going to use that same recipe or I'm going to change some things to try to make it better the next time. So it's like, if it's not working, you got to figure out what part is not and really try to make it better. So I think yeah, and the other thing I would say that. too, is like, it's like, you can't, you want to get feedback from friends or family or people, you know, that are good writers that have good syntax and, yeah. but also people that know the PA and, but you don't want to get too many cooks in the kitchen with your personal statement. So I tried to like send it to someone in medicine that would kind of review it once I thought it was good. And then once you have a solid statement, you know, either do an editing service or like have a good friend that doesn't even know about PA, just copy edit it, you know, and make sure it sounds good. And that I did that a few times and that was helpful. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, it's also too like hard when you are working on it so much and mm -hmm. you can like keep working on it and keep editing it and you can do that forever. So at some point you do have to like step away and let somebody else give their opinion and whether you take it or not like you have that option but mm -hmm. uh it's it's very difficult i feel like you can just keep editing um forever and ever yeah totally yeah, it just keeps going um well i know you were very successful with your second application cycle mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about how that went with kind of 
number of applications, uh, interviews, acceptances, all that stuff. Yeah, totally. And like, I guess you mentioned earlier, the second application cycle, I, um, I applied to some same schools, but I kind of made it more focused where I really wanted to apply super early and my CASPA was already pretty much filled out. I just had to tweak some, uh, some things in it and then put my personal statement in. Um, but I made a big list of all the schools I'm going to apply to first are just rolling schools. And then I can work on other supplementals that are, uh, non-rolling later in the summer. And those weren't as like, so basically all the schools I actually applied to first were I, th I think I applied to 11 rolling admission schools within like the second or third week of April or of uh, May. So only two to three weeks in I had submitted and the, compared to the first cycle, I didn't even submit to like mid to late July. And I thought that was decent, but um, if you apply really early and have a solid application, even though you might have some weak spots here and there, you can get interview invites in, in early June. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I applied to 11 schools, the second cycle um, I ended up getting 10 interview invites, but I did four of them and I got three acceptances. So, um, it was super special and wow. it's kind of crazy when you finally, when you're just turning down interview invites, you're like, oh, I think I'm just going to, I've made a decision on a school, you know? Um, and then an another thing I would say is apply to schools. If you're cast casting kind of a far and wide net, you know, you might just want to keep applying, keep applying, but you're going to waste money. And you might not even want to go to that school. And that was something I kind of dealt with. Like there's a ton of cool programs out there, but sometimes you don't necessarily want to move across the country or uproot your entire life. Um, and, and so schools you could actually see yourself going to, I would, I would only apply to those. Yeah. Um, was there anything in your application or anything that came up during interviews that you felt like made you stand out that, because I mean, that, that is a very successful cycle. That is not the norm, you know, mm -hmm. um, but clearly like you put in a lot of work between first and second cycle and that showed. Um, but what, was there anything that you're like, yeah, I think that was like a big reason they wanted to interview me. I would say, I think um, the first thing would be a, a, the personal statement um, because I had a few different people read it and stuff and they said it was really solid. And so I think, you know, lower-ish GPA aside, that really got my foot in the door. And then just having, um, you know, I didn't get into EMS being like, I'm going to get patient care experience. I just started working. And so after, you know, four and a half, five years of <clears throat> full-time work, I had, you know, a little over 10,000 hours of patient care experience, which I think definitely helped kind of balance out my, my, uh, my GPA on kind of the scale. And then I think one thing I was going to say about interviews is the first cycle, I, I think I way overprepared and I felt so scripted and stressed, you know, and like if a question's asked slightly differently, it's hard to like change your answer around. And so the second cycle, I just knew I had to change. I, I knew I got three interview invites, three wait lists. So the interview is where I struggled. So I really doubled down on that too, trying to get, get prepared and, um, and just making sure I just, I didn't want to sound scripted. I wanted to be more genuine. I just had bullet point things I wanted to say. I didn't have any like rehearsed answers, any of that. And I wanted to come off as way more authentic. And that's what I was. I was just trying to be my authentic self. And I think that helped a ton. 
Yeah. And I think that actually is an advantage to going through it a second time or like mm-hmm. having multiple interviews. Um, Cause it's like those first couple, like you're just kind of testing the waters and like, I don't know, figuring it out and there's more nerves and like more stuff. And then I, I think on the flip side, you can also get kind of jaded by the process and that's a whole nother issue. But yeah. um, no, I think, you know, and especially in your case, you're like, all right, I'm ready. Like I've had this year to reflect, like, let's go. I can do this. Which is awesome. And honestly, it was like a blessing in disguise, you know, having to wait another year. Like I felt way more ready for the application for just school in general. I just, it just felt like the right time. And at the time when you get rejected, it doesn't feel like the right time, but you just keep going for it. It, it kind of works itself out. That's a very common theme and sentiment that I hear from a lot of people is that they are glad they had that extra year um, to really prepare. So mm-hmm. I do want to know, you had some choices, clearly, of mm-hmm. programs to attend. How did you make that decision? That is a question that I've gotten this year more than ever is, you know, I'm trying to decide between these two schools or three schools and I don't know what to do. Um, did you feel drawn to one in particular or what was your decision-making process like? Yeah, that was, a, that was another one. Like it's, t- it's hard. You're making a huge decision. And I had actually put down two deposits and then I'm coming up on a third one. And I'm like, I'm not putting a third down unless I'm going, you know, if I'm going to this school. And so, you know, I, I had already looked at all their websites. Um, one thing I would say is reach out to to either faculty or if they have a student run uh, Instagram or something like that for the program. I, I messaged um, some of the programs that way and just, you know, chatted with students. And that was super helpful and just picking their brain. And mo- a lot of them were super honest with me, it seemed. And, and they're really excited to to kind of give their, uh, you know, view on the, on the program. But I think um, one thing I realized is I, I did want a smaller program that kind of felt more tight knit and like our cohort now, I think is like 28 students or something like that, maybe a little less. Um, and so, you know, that, that was a big thing for me. And then, uh, I talked to a friend, like we were th- considering moving out of state for another program. And I, I talked to a, a friend of a friend that was in the program. They're like, where you go to school, you should really consider that that might be where you live for a few years afterward. And I realized I wanted to stay in Colorado, live out here and, uh, you know, possibly get a job through clinicals or at least have connections out here. And so that was another big one. I think probably the biggest deciding factor was, um, you know, staying closer to home because this is where we want to live and work. Um, And then I would say, lastly, uh, you know, tuition is a a legitimate thing to consider. And um, if you have some schools offer in-state or out-of-state, and if you have the option to get an in-state tuition, that's it. You know, you can save thirty or forty thousand dollars. And so that yeah. was another another reason too. Those are all all great great points, great reasons. Um, and so you have started PA school now, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're a couple weeks in. So weeks. <laughs> yeah. So I'm interested because your program is a January start, and that confuses people. Mm-hmm. And January start programs do things differently, but. Does that mean, so you applied last April, Mm -hmm. April of 2021, 2021. And then you interviewed sometime between now and then, and then you started in January. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's nice because you don't have to wait a whole year. Yeah, totally. And honestly, as someone that's, you know, 30 and almost 31, like I was kind of ready to get started. I'd been on this path for 
two to three, you know, probably three plus years. And so I was just kind of, I was, I was a little ready to get started. And so two of the programs I'd gotten into were January starts. So I was like, let's, let's get going, you know? And, uh, yeah. and so it is a little bit faster and we had some people pulled off the wait list in our cohort, you know, pretty, pretty early. Um, but you could also, if you apply early enough in interview, you can still get in in June or July and have five months to, to plan everything out and your exit strategy from your job and stuff. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So how, since you are like fresh in it, how's it going? It's good. It's awesome. Um, what, what's cool about this program is, uh, we get kind of, uh, eased into it with like a short couple weeks of, uh, of like just one course. It's kind of almost like orientation about the program. Also learning, you know, kind of about the foundations of just PA and kind of professionalism and stuff. And so the week after next is when we actually start like a, you know, a 20 something credit semester with, you know, huge, uh, anatomy class and all that stuff. So, um, right now it's actually super nice and chill and we're just getting to know each other and stuff, but in two weeks is when it's really going to get insane. Nice. Yeah. It's, it right now. Yeah. That, that's a nice ease in, not too bad. Uh, but it, it flies by how long is your program? Uh, 27 months. Okay. Pretty, mm-hmm. pretty normal. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure you will do great and have no problems at all. Maybe I'm so excited. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah. (laughs) It'll be good. Um, Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your insights. I really appreciate you taking the time and reaching out um, to kind of give us some some input into, especially, I mean, I think you have really great insights as a reapplicant and um, clearly you did very well. So great job. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. Like I just, you know, the like the PA platform or the PA podcast and you know, your website and everything was so helpful to me. And I always loved hearing like student interviews when I was out on a run and stuff. So, you know, I just wanted to say like, if people are, you know, down or need to reapply or whatever, like you can do it, you know, you just have to double down and you can, like, I started this process assuming I had a 50, 50 chance of even getting in and here I am. So there you are. Cool. You did it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I appreciate that. And, and thank you so much. I also appreciate you reaching out and being willing to kind of share your story and, and inputs. I love getting to just connect with colleagues and future colleagues. Um, totally. It's a fun little community of, of PAs. We're still pretty small. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, this is yeah, awesome. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Make sure you're following the PA platform on Instagram and TikTok and you're in our Facebook group, the Pre-PA Club, so you can connect with your other Pre-PA and PA colleagues. Uh, Stay tuned for next week. We, I think it's next week. It may be the next week, but if I get approval, I have a really great episode about a full tuition scholarship for PA school. Very excited to share that, and I have a coach to reintroduce to you that is very well-known and loved, Jordan, so we're going to talk about her experience with uh, counseling and being a tra- an ER PA and how she travels, so some good stuff coming up, and I would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys next week.